2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm going to read two passages and then then I'll preach. And I only want to have a look at one verse out of this passage, the last verse, and it's verse number 18. And it says this, it says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. Somebody say, not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Somebody say eternal. Say it like an Australian, eternal. See, that's the Queen's English right there. That's beautiful. Now jump back to 1 Corinthians for just a moment and, uh, and we'll have a look. Chapter 2. And Paul says in verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You know, everything we believe, everything we receive, everything we have, everything we walk in, everything that comes our way from heaven comes by the means of what Jesus purchased on Calvary. And you know, there's a lot of people that believe in Jesus, but we've got to realize that the message and the gospel isn't just who Jesus was. He was a great man. He was a son of God. He was God the Son. He did miracles. He changed hearts and he changed lives, but went beyond that. And it's not just who he was, but it's also what he did 2,000 years ago on Calvary, his atoning work on the cross. Paul said, everything I preach is Christ and him crucified. And you look at the messages of Paul. He talks about the power of God. He talks about faith. He talks about many different things in his writings, the unsearchable riches of Christ. But everything that Paul preached was still anchored in Christ and what he did for us. And we should never, ever stop and overlook a passage like that and just go, that's wonderful. If it hadn't been for Calvary, what we feel tonight, we wouldn't feel. What we sense tonight, we would never sense had it not been for the goodness. Man, I feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. Let me keep, let me keep preaching because I, I want to I share something with you. He says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. And he says this, and this is an incredible verse. He says, and my speech and my preaching were not with the persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration. Somebody say demonstration. Or you, you, could, you could replace that with manifestation of the Spirit and of power. That Spirit, that's capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the dunamis, in the power of God. Man, this is awesome. I love this. And then verse 9, let's just skip just a little bit. Verse 9 says this, but as it is written, I has not seen. Somebody say not seen. He says, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Men, that you could almost just sit down having read that. That'll, 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 that'll make you happy. But, but he talks about the, the unseen. He talks about the fact that eye has not seen. He talks about those things which are seen as being temporary, but those things which are not seen as being eternal. As, as Christian, no, sorry, let me, let me change that. As people, as mankind, just living human beings on this planet, we are guided and affected. Our decisions, everything we do is really decided and weighed up 
against things which are seen. We, we, see, we see a traffic light, so we stop. We see a car coming in our direction, and we'll move around. And if we, we see people walking towards us, we'll move. We'll, you know, you, what you watch and what you see with your eyes communicates to you the decision that you're going to make in reaction to that. And so much of what we do is a reaction to that which is seen. And when you come into a room and there is a, a manifestation of the Spirit and of power, that is actually a response to something that is unseen. And as, as Christians, we have to understand, we walk this tension of living be, between reacting to what is seen, but also being guided by Him who is unseen. You know, there's people that say they've seen Jesus, and I have no doubt about that. What a, what a privilege you have had to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But for, for the majority of us as believers, we haven't, we haven't seen him. And Jesus himself addressed that when he spoke to Thomas. He said, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe because Jesus understood. This, this has got me, I'm excited about this. You've just got to hang with me for a minute. Jesus understood the blessing of, of being able to have faith in God when you cannot see him. You see, because Jesus operated in the realm of the unseen. He would say to people, I only do the things I see my father do. Yet he was here. He, he had emptied himself of all of his eternal uh, glory, not authority, all his eternal glory. So basically he ceased to, 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 he didn't lose the ability, but he chose to lay aside the, 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 the blessings he had in heaven. And so he wasn't omnipresent. He was, he was just where, he was just like us. And he would still be able to do supernatural things that man has never been able to even come close to because he had such an understanding of operating in a seen dimension with the unseen power of God. Man, this will get you excited. And there is, there is no difference between Jesus and us. Because the Bible says, Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost, with the unseen who went about doing good and healing all those who oppressed the devil, for God was with him. Jesus, I mean, he operated in the unseen. When he rebuked the wind and he rebuked, when he rebuked the storm, you never saw Jesus rebuking the waves. He only rebuked the wind because he, he knew if he could get authority over that which was unseen, the seen would take care of itself. And too often we deal with things as Pentecostals and Charismatics and we try and deal with everything in the seen dimension and wonder why when we try to fix problems they seem to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I really do believe that God is calling His church to be people who operate more and more in the unseen realm of God's Spirit. Paul says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You and I have unseen weapons. We got the, the Word of God we can see, but we, sometimes we can't see what it does when we use the Word of God. We got the power of the Holy Ghost. We got the blood of Jesus. We got the name of Jesus. Man, some, of, some of us Christians, I think we need to just come back to remembering what we have. Pastor Rick, I'm getting pumped about this. I, I'm just getting a bit excited. Do you know why? Because I'm one of those people who, when trouble comes, it's so easy for me to just try and fix it. And I just make it so much worse. The problems become massive. Truth is, when we start to engage and operate in the realm of what is unseen, what is seen begins to change. 
You know why you're coming here on a Tuesday night and this is this place is nearly full on a Tuesday night filled with people. Why? Because something's been happening in the unseen dimension that's having an impact over the life of the church. But you've got to hear this. You don't know what God's doing in the unseen. There's sickness that may have never come your way because when the enemy came against you, you were in an atmosphere like this and God said, the blood of Jesus covered that thing. It's just not going to happen. And sometimes we, we think the miracles only happen when we're sick and we get healed. There's prevention in the presence of God. I'm telling you right now, there's sicknesses that were averted because you sat in church on a Sunday morning, the Word of God was preached and something changed in your spirit, touched your mortal body and you didn't even know. So we sometimes say, God, where are the miracles? They're happening all the time. There's miracles happening in this room that people don't even realize. And you know, that unseen dimension, Jesus operated in the unseen dimension. He moved in the unseen. And, and you know, the thing is, you and I can also operate in that because Paul did. He said, I don't just preach the persuasive words of the wisdom of men, but I want to preach with a demonstration of the spirit and of power. You know, in the, in the, Western, in the Western church, we have, we've got pretty good at doing church in the realm of the seen very well. Like even look around this room. Yeah, that looks pretty awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. That's some of the best fly screen I've ever seen. You walk in here, it's nice. It's a, it's a beautiful room. You're in comfortable chairs, sitting next to nice people. And it's just nice. You go into the foyer or the lobby or the atrium, whatever you want to call that incredible looking part of the building. And it's nice. And those things are wonderful. But the power that makes this church be what God has made it be is not what you see. It's actually in the unseen. Let me show you something. When the queen of Sheba came and saw Solomon's temple, she saw with her eyes something that overwhelmed her so much, it took the breath out of her and she passed out. She was so impressed by the scene. But also in that place, the unseen was operating because the priest started to try and minister and the fire of God touched them. And so while the scene was incredible, the unseen was overwhelming and they couldn't even do the ministry they wanted to do. And you know, the truth is, America, Australia, I think we're probably the leading churches in the world for get, making scene incredible. But we, we shouldn't get to such a point where we're so comfortable with the scene that we forget to possess and pursue and lay a hold of the unseen of God to see God do something. Because this, these lights are wonderful, but they're not going to get your kid healed if he's sick. These lights are wonderful. No one's going to get saved because that fly screen is so well luminous. People are going to get saved because you have come into this room and what is unseen in this room is going to touch you. And the unseen power of God. And Paul says, he's talking about, he said, no eye has seen. Some of the things that God's got in store of you, they're unseen. They're in a whole different dimension called the dimension of faith. The realm of the Spirit of God. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in that realm. There's angels. There's floating around, just keeping an eye on things. The Holy Ghost. God himself, heaven. I believe it's a physical place, but right now it's unseen. Yet we can possess the power that's in that place and bring it on earth. We can actually draw from somewhere we can't see, though it's real. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is heaven. We can possess the When the power of God, all that's happening in this room tonight is simply what you can't see is heaven's power and presence is coming in this place. Unseen becomes seen. And the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. But God has revealed them by his spirit. How does God 
bring the seen into the unseen here, he says, but God has revealed, revealed it by his spirit. There's something about but God. You have he quickened, Ephesians 2, verse 1 says, who were dead in trespass and sin. Wherein you walked, in other words, you just messed up. You were just broken and the Bible says, you're on your way to hell, you were children of wrath, even as others, but God, who is rich in mercy. But God. In other words, you are on your way to hell, but God. You are on your way to destruction, but God. The unseen power of God touched your life and changed you. The Bible says that they laid Jesus in the grave, but God raised him from the dead. I don't know what you're facing, but what I can tell you is, but God is supernatural. You might be sick in your body, but God is a miracle working God. You may have depression, you might feel like giving up, but God is the oil of joy where there's been mourning. You might be, you might be feeling like giving up, but we need to understand the power that God has to just interrupt at the most interesting of times and change a situation. Paul and Silas were in prison. They were chained between soldiers and, and they were going to die and they began to praise God. But God, there was an earthquake. But God, things began to change. And can I tell you something? We, I'm, I'm, I was raised Pentecostal. I've told you these stories so many times, so I'm not going to do it again. But I was raised Pentecostal. I mean, in our house, half of the dialogue was in our heavenly language. My parents could fight in tongues. It was impressive. I used to think tongues was our first language and English was our second. But do you know something? I found out I actually was right. The Bible says we're ambassadors from heaven. We're in this world, not of this world. Our language is a heavenly language. When Pastor Rick started speaking in the Holy Ghost, I don't know what he was saying, but I agree with every single word of it. I thought, I agree with that. Aren't you glad you can pray in the Holy Ghost? Aren't you? You know, to me, praying in tongues is one of the greatest ways to unlock the unseen realm of God, to unlock the, the things of the Spirit. The unseen. The day of Pentecost, they gathered in the upper room. The Bible says they heard a sound of a rushing mighty wind. What happened? The unseen invaded the scene, and God began to touch people with the fire of God. God said, let there be light, and there was light, and he created this planet. One word from God created what we're in right now from an unseen dimension to right now. There's a power of God. I don't know about you, but maybe you've heard it before. I'm sure you hear this kind of thing all the time. You've, you've got one of the best preachers in the world every single Sunday, and I'm not just saying that. He's really good. I used to steal his messages every week until, <laughs> until he came and ruined everything by selling a USB at our church, and everybody bought them, and so I've been exposed for plagiarism. <laughs> I sort of gave credit. I'd get up and say, God showed me this during the week. But God. Somebody say, but God. You might be feeling like giving up. But God. You might be feeling like the world's against you. But God. But. You know the word but. I looked up the meaning of the word but. It means contrary to your expectation. But the problem is that's really the wrong definition when it, God's involved because it pretty much happens according to your expectation. And maybe according to 
what the world's expectation might have been. You're sick. You've been told you're not going to make it. But contrary to the expectation of man, contrary to the plans of hell, God comes in and he turns things around in a moment of time. But God, I've got to tell you, my, my dad, and I, he's preached here a whole lot of times over the years. And, and he's an evangelist, been preaching 40 years. And he was preaching and... I used to work in the office for him and we used to do this little TV show called Only Believe and it was broadcast in Papua New Guinea and, and they, only had one, they only had one TV station. And, uh, and so dad had the time slot from about 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning through till 9 o'clock. Sorry, to 8.30, it was a 30-minute show. And so what we would do is we didn't really know how to edit a show and make it flow, so the first week we'd have the message and the second week we'd just have the altar call. And so the altar calls were crazy. So wherever the meetings were, we'd just show Holy Ghost stuff happening. So my dad's on TV and, he, and he's getting, I don't know why he did this, but he's preaching at a church and he decided to point to the camera and talk to the television audience. And he said, right now, the wind of God is going to blow in your house. Lift your hands. And so, so anyway, this family of, uh, of 12 people, a mum and a dad and 10 children in the back blocks of Papua New Guinea are watching the show. And as dad says, let the wind of God come upon you. Let the Holy Ghost, he said, just lift your hands. They had never been to church before in their life. They just did what they were told to do. So they lifted their hands to heaven. And they wrote us a letter to our office. And they said, and it said, dear Pastor Tim, we lifted our hands when you said lift your hands. And then you said right now in Jesus' name. And they said, the wind of God blew in our house, knocked our whole family flat on their back in the house. So then dad at the end of the TV show says, go and look for your local Assembly of God church. Because that's who we work with in Papua New Guinea. And go to that church. So they, they went to the Assembly. We have God church that morning, a family, a mum and a dad, 10 kids walk into church. They get saved radically by the grace of God, baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptized in water, and their lives are totally changed. They were sitting in their lounge room, minding their own business, and they were seeing something. But little did they know that the unseen of God was about to come into that place and do something supernatural. Man, that's exciting. There's something unseen in this place tonight. You might be sick in your body. I'm believing God's going to heal people. I believe some of you God's already began to touch. When the unseen invades the scene, something's got to give. Why do people fall down? Because God comes in contact with someone. God's presence comes in contact with someone. And, and the natural has to give way to the supernatural. The supernatural is not going to give way to the natural. And people fall down. Some people think it's not biblical. It's totally biblical. You see it all through the Bible. I talked just before. When the priests dedicated the temple, the presence of God came upon them. They couldn't stand and do ministry. Roman soldiers came to arrest Jesus. There's one theologian or a couple, and I, and I was reading in their commentary, studying this. There, 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 were, there were Roman soldiers that came to arrest Jesus. And they say it was up to 750 Roman soldiers came to arrest Jesus. And they said, are you the Christ? And he, and he just said, I am. And when Jesus said that, the same power that raised him from the dead went out from his body. That unseen suit knocked him to the ground. 750 people out under the power with one word, I am. That's two words. <laughs> but if you put it together, I'm apostrophe. <laughs> and if that's not enough, David said, he makes me lie down. Now, I don't know if that's exactly what it means, but it seems to fit right now. 
because he definitely implied that he didn't have a choice in the matter. He was made to lie down. You know, in a room like this, maybe if Pastor Sean can come, because I want to pray for people. I feel like God's going to do something in this place, and I don't want to go too much longer because I feel like the Spirit of God wants to touch people. But, you know, in this room, you might, I, I, I'm a pastor of a church, and I come in a room like this, and, you know, there's hundreds of people here, but there's also people sitting in the room that may be going, what? I don't really understand all of this. You know something, if you would open your heart in this room tonight, God by His Spirit will begin to open your heart, touch your life, and the unseen hand of God would come and minister to you. The unseen presence of God is, let's all stand across this place. The unseen, the unseen power, the unseen anointing of heaven, the unseen God of heaven, I don't, I don't believe that Jesus, I believe Jesus is coming back. I believe he's coming back. I believe one day we'll just be minding our own business, a trumpet God's going to sound, and poof, just, we're just going to go. It's going to be very powerful. And it's all wonderful. But what I, what I do believe is that I don't, I, just, I don't believe that Jesus is coming back for a church less powerful than the one that he left. I believe the one he's coming back for is going to be alive with the presence of God fire of God's spirit where the unseen presence of God is so real and so evident in the hearts and lives of people and you know in this room tonight God wants to God wants to touch you and you know there's a lot of people who they go to church every Sunday they go to church I believe there's a difference between going to church and and being the church and I want to, I want to show you why Jesus said this he said in, in in Matthew 16 18 he said I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That word build comes from a Greek word, which is oikodomio, which means to build your spiritual house. Now, Jesus says this. He says, build yourself up. In the book of Jude, verse 20, he says, build yourself up in your, your most holy faith. How? By praying in the Holy Ghost. That word build, oikodomio, build your spiritual house. How does Jesus build this church? I believe there's many ways he builds his church, but one of those is by the power of his spirit. Because he, when he, he says, when you pray in the spirit, you build yourself up and you are the church. There's something about the house of God gathering in Holy Spirit meetings that achieves what God wants to achieve and does what God wants to do. And if we can be people who are passionate, and I know you are because you wouldn't be here tonight if you weren't, but if we can be a people who are passionate about the unseen, so much more happens in the unseen than we even realize. There's a whole supernatural world there. There's a demonic realm. There's realms. There's the realms of God. There's realms of the Spirit of God. I think sometimes we become very aware of the natural, but we need to get back to being a bit aware of the Spirit, aware of the Holy Ghost. When we're driving, being able to hear the voice of the Spirit of God, being able to touch God, let but God moments happen in our family, in our home. You know, I remember... Last year, I was preaching. I was up in New York. I'm going to the same conference. It, it just on Thursday, I preached the same conference. But when I was there on the Saturday night, I got extremely sick and I ended up in the emergency room. But I remember before, not before, I was really crook as well. And I was sick. Crook is Australian. I was really sick. And, and I'm lying in the bed. I'm, I'm asleep. And Donna, my wife, didn't realize that, that I was still awake. But she put her hand on my head and she began to pray in the Holy Ghost. She just prayed in tongues. He said, Father, touch him. Father, heal him. 
praying in the spirit. And as she's praying, I felt healing just begin to come. I felt peace begin to come. I felt strength begin to come because while I was lying there, my wife is tapping into an unseen dimension. And what happens when you do that is God starts touching the scene. Now it's wind that will make waves. And you know, sometimes we see the waves of life and we don't realize we can take authority over wind of adversity that come against us and walk in the authority in that unseen dimension. And you might be here tonight.